Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Baseball Together podcast, baseball family. For those of you new to the show, we are here to raise money for the nonprofit organization called Up, whose mission is to give disadvantaged young ball players the equipment they need to play the game we all love. We also want to unite communities by improving or rebuilding baseball facilities in areas suffering economic or environmental hardship. At this time, you can support by purchasing t-shirts and other baseball-related apparel and accessories from 9plusus.com. 10% of all sales go directly to the cause. Again, that's 9plusus.com. That's the number 9 P-L-U-S-U-S dot com. Nine plus us dot com. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Baseball Together podcast brought to you by Nine Plus Us. Good morning, baseball family, and welcome to the Baseball Together podcast. I am Brig, and I'm bringing this to you today with Brad, as always. As always. Today we got a lot going on for you. We got some current events that we think are really important that we need to talk about and we want your opinions on. And then we are going to talk about second half baseball. Yeah, we will. All right, should we get into it? Let's do it, man. All right, before we get into anything though, um, let's talk. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the All Star Game. Um, Brig, I want to know some of your thoughts on what you saw uh, between the home run derby and the All Star Game. What, what did you think? Oh, my gosh. First of all, that is the home run derby I have been waiting for my entire life. Yep, it, it was. That was awesome. Phenomenal. I have never seen I've never seen anything like that. And that is the home run derby I think we all build up in our minds. When we mm-hmm. think home run derby, we think the second round between Jock Peterson and Vlad Guerrero. Oh, yeah, that's the way it should be. That is the way the home run derby should be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It was magical. I have friends who missed it, and I don't understand. Oh, man. <laughs> like, I literally, I feel so bad for them because there was nothing better. of Nothing. Major, I don't, and this is kind of crazy, but I don't think Major League Baseball will ever put out such a good product ever again. Oh, there will never be another home run derby like that. And the thing, too, is we're going to watch it five years down the road, and we're just going to be watching it, and it, it's not going to be the same. It's just going to be, oh, here comes the second round. Yeah, yeah he's doing it. It's not going to be the, we hit another one. He yeah, tied oh it up. God. Like, I was I was losing my mind when they hit the swing off. And then they hit the, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. It's Me a too. swing off. What? I... <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be so careful because we have a two-year-old and she was asleep upstairs. Yeah. And it was incredibly hard because I was standing up, pacing around, (laughs) pumping my fists and looking at my wife, looking at Tiffany like, like, did you see that? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I'm texting people furiously. We on the private Facebook group in the, you know, we had a running 
watch party going and this discussion feed. So mm-hmm. that was and that made it really fun to watch people just go berserk with us. Oh yeah, that was a whole lot of fun. Those I think we should keep doing those for big events like that. And uh, I hope they grow because that was that was seriously that was a blast. That was a blast was a to blast. see other people's reactions to that. Yeah, I yeah it, we did it for the London series, mm-hmm. and then we did it again for the All Star game itself. But that home run derby little watch party we did was so much yeah. fun. Yeah, it helps the event was that good. So seriously, yeah, yeah, that was a blast. Yeah, what a cool experience and good for uh, Polar Bear Pete Alonso mm-hmm. for. Uh, being able to win while hitting so many fewer home runs. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, he and he came through when it mattered was kind of the thing. You know, he hit just sure. he hit just as many as he needed to to get through. Um, yeah. But I, I feel like they kind of need to reseed as it goes on because since Vlad had hit so many home runs going into the final, you got to let him go second. I would think so. You know, you, you can't be like, oh, well, he's the eight seed, so he goes first. No, right. He he earned the he earned the right to go second on that. So I don't know. Interesting. Pete Alonso won won the home run derby, but Vlad, but Vlad Guerrero Jr. He won he won the night for sure. Oh yeah, he and is. he won the hearts of everyone. Yeah. Like if you were not a Vlad Guerrero Jr. fan, and I don't know how you could that be already. Run, how could you not be? But he you know he came in with eight home runs in the regular season so far in the first half. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then he hit what ninety one in one night. Yep, it was crazy. And the sound of that ball coming off his bat was just bonkers. Yeah, it sounds different. It sounds. Different. Oh my gosh! And <laughs> and this is the thing. So you say he only had eight home runs uh, on the on the season coming in, and this is why I say it's unfortunate that he's stashed away in Toronto. Yeah, because most people see eight home runs and they think, "Who's this guy coming in?" Yeah, you know, Vlad's. Vlad Guerrero, I know, I know his dad, but who's this kid yep. coming in? It's hard to pay attention to players in Toronto. It's it's hard to pay attention to those guys because since they are in a different country, and MLB TV makes it easier, but yeah. it's easier to pay attention to guys who are even playing in Kansas City than it is in Toronto. Yeah, that's why I say that it's unfortunate he stashed away in Toronto. Just that's the only oh. reason. So let's talk a little bit about the game itself, about the All Star game. Um, I know it wasn't the most exciting All Star game in the world, but I I liked it. I was entertained just because I'm here for incredible pitching. That's one of the things I love about the All Star game is you get to see all the best pitchers in the game and you get to see their nastiest stuff, and I think that's a blast. I think that's so much fun to watch, and it was definitely on display during this game. It really was. incredible and you know the the hitters kind of kind of finally caught up at the end like what we talked about how you know those bench guys come in and they they get things going yeah at the end of the game you know there was the national league had an opportunity to to really get things going and and uh, tie it up and and make it a great game and and you know those seventh eighth ninth innings were were excellent but before that it was all pitching all pitching it really was a couple of a couple of loud hits leading up to that, but mm-hmm. ultimately, like, yeah, and you're right. We talked about this last week. That's exactly how it goes, mm-hmm. right? The 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 guys come in and dominate the first half of the game because they're first and second string guys, and it's 
pretty lopsided. And then the second half of the game, and it, it, from the seventh inning on, you got those third string guys who they really, like I said, they have something to prove. And they did. Mm-hmm. They came out and proved it. So that was that's always fun. But I'll tell you one of the things that I loved about this All-Star game. I They got to mic up more people because that needs to be a thing. It needs to be a thing because I did not know Freddie Freeman was so freaking funny. I had no idea. <laughs> That's the best at bat. It felt like um, it felt like on uh, on bench warmers when <laughs> when John Hader's up and he's like, "Could you tell him to slow it down?" Did you tell him? <laughs> That's what it felt like. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. He was so funny, and him and Verlander are chirping at each other. And he's like, "Throw swing. strike! Throw so strike!" Something to swing at. Yeah. <laughs> when he got on the first base, he was uh, cheesing people, and oh man, it was just. He he was the best part of the whole first half of the game for me. Oh, for, yeah, he was. He definitely was. <clears throat> I want more of that. Yes. Yeah, I, I need more of that. I need more of it because I think it's – I like – I just like the sounds of the game. Yeah. Because there's so much more to it that you don't – that you don't hear, you don't see. And it's it's a fun peek behind the curtain. I, I'm all about behind-the-scenes stuff. I always have been, and, and I love it in baseball. So. Yeah, I agree with you. They need to do more of that. Yeah. So we got to talk about Luke Roy and Marisnik. Yes, we do. Um, I want you to start off with this. Um, so that was a pretty nasty collision at home plate. Um, yeah. I want I want to hear your thoughts about this first. And this happened, uh, for those of you who don't know, this happened before the All- right before the All-Star break. Um, there was a, a collision at the plate. Jonathan Luke Roy got mowed over he's the catcher yeah the catcher got mowed over by jake marisnik um what what are your kind of your thoughts on this brig well for those of those of you listening that maybe don't know old school baseball there's there's always been this catcher mentality that this the plate is mine right and that's how they feel and Going back even just 20 years, 15, 20 years, the catchers are taught to obstruct the base path, right? Whether Mm -hmm. they're doing it overtly or not is one thing, right? Because that's a different topic. But but there's this this mentality that this is my plate. And if I have a play, then I'm going to put myself in between you and the base runner coming from third to home. And historically, especially way back 50, 60 years ago, these collisions were super common mm-hmm. and holding onto the baseball for the catcher was a big, big deal, right? To see if you could take a hit. It's a badge of honor. Yeah, it is. You take a hit, you hold onto the ball and you get the out. Right. And so it's this deep rooted cultural thing. So th- for those of you that don't know the history there, that's kind of a really surface level history lesson on it. But it is important to understand that because we, Major League Baseball has implemented a new rule that makes it so you you can't ta- uh, collide with the catcher at home plate. And there is, there is basis for that rule, too, for anyone, again, who doesn't know about that. Um, Giants catcher Buster Posey had his leg broken during a collision. That's right. And we're talking a lot about concussions in baseball right now. Um, yes, mostly with catchers, but, um, for good reason, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of concussions that I think are going undisclosed 
and uh, and they aren't or un, un uh, undiagnosed. undiagnosed exactly. Well, if the players yeah. aren't copping to it, you know, then they can't they can't get help. So anyway, there's mm-hmm. there's some of the context here. Now, for this particular incident, my thoughts and feelings are that that Lucroy didn't do anything wrong, and that Mariznik lowered his shoulder and took a half step inside, like toward the plate, um, maybe to force the collision. I don't know. He says that he didn't do anything intentional. And I think he's right. I think it was just a bad circumstance where they are playing adrenaline-filled baseball. They have and mm-hmm. they and they have muscle memory that they are relying. This is a new rule that you can't collide at home plate, or you know. So, yeah, I think it's it's I think it's within the last six yeah, or seven it, years. It is new, and admittedly, the rule we should have the rule up, but admittedly, the rule is a little bit confusing. So. Anyway, the point is, I think what happened is Lucroy s- stepped backward a little bit um, once he caught the ball because he's turning to make the play. And then Mariznik, his instincts and his history and his you know experience kicks in and he collides with the catcher. I think it all happened simultaneously. Now, at the same time, though, you know, he put his head down. Mariznik put his head down mm-hmm. and... And that head-to-head contact is the problem. So a lot of people are up in arms about the two-game suspension and whether or not he deserves or the situation warrants a two-game suspension. And I think it does because we're talking about a player's safety. Mm -hmm. People are comparing it to Manny Machado earlier bumping chests with the home plate umpire a couple weeks ago, which we talked about, where he threw his bat. And he mm-hmm. got a one-game suspension. Yeah. But, you know, the difference here is that nobody's life was on the line, right? Nobody was truly career-ending possibility. Yeah, Those are my thoughts. So I feel very passionate about this, having been a catcher. That was my primary position for a long time. Um, and even going back 24 years um, when I started <laughs> catching, they... <laughs> One of the first things they told me, because I would just, you know, if there was a play, I would stand over the plate. I was like, okay, get involved so I can make a make the play, you know, kind of like a third baseman or a second baseman if you're waiting to make the tag. Um, but I even had an umpire tell me, like, son, you're going to want to take two, three steps out in front of the plate or you're going to get hurt. Hmm. They're going to come take you out. And I, I had it happen multiple times where I was even a step or two in front of the plate waiting for the ball to come in. And took a hit. I remember the first one I took. This kid. So when I was 10. Yeah, when I was 10 years old, we were playing a league mm-hmm. up. Because there were a couple of kids on the team who were, who were a year older. They were in our grade, but they were a year older. So we had to play up. So these kids were bigger yeah. than us. Considerably bigger. <laughs> but this kid, the way he came in and hit me, it was like a hit on Mighty Ducks. Yeah. He like hit me low and I flipped over oh. his back. And it knocked the wind out of me. And I remember just hitting the ground, and I don't know where the ball was. I have no idea. But um, my my coach came out and had us all come around and stand around the mound. You know, he, everybody looked at me, and he's like, are you all right? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? And I was just like, I don't want to have anything to do with that. Yeah, That's not a part of catching that I enjoyed. 
because yeah, you have the gear on, but it's not like football gear. It's they're not no, like football sure. pads. It's not meant to protect you from a hit from another person. It's meant to absorb contact from a baseball. So it, and people say, oh, the catcher has the gear. Yeah, yeah. kind of. It's it's not that it's not that kind of gear. It it doesn't do anything on that respect. And watching this collision, this is a 15-yard penalty and an ejection in the NFL. Yeah, it is. That's straight-up targeting. If that's illegal in the NFL, there is nothing that's okay with that in today's MLB. It's 2019. I'm sorry. We're beyond this. Right? I mean, we've talked about concussions. Um Buster Posey broke his leg in a collision, and that was a freak accident. I don't because I still don't know how that happened with his shin guards. That seems like it should act like a natural splint, and that shouldn't happen. But as far as hitting a guy in the face, I don't think it's okay. And what I what I've watched this number a number of times just because I couldn't believe it. I was I audibly gasped the first the first time I saw it because I couldn't believe yeah. what I had seen, and especially with the way Luke Roy was down and out on the ground. I mean, he said that he uh, he said that he doesn't really remember the collision. Um, in his mm. words, he said the last thing I remember was reaching for the ball. The next thing I remember was being put on a cart. Well, that is legit. Yeah, that's bad for you too. Yeah, that that he's going to be out a long time. He's I mean he's he's obviously got a concussion. He's got his bro- he's got a broken nose. And and from what I saw in this was. Luke Roy was in the perfect position to field the ball. He was in he was in fair territory, fair territory yeah. out in front of the plate. He had to reach a little bit for the ball because it was a little bit to his right, and then Marcinic had a clear path to go slide around him. He yeah. very easily could have taken a half a step to his right instead of a full step to his left to take out Luke right. Roy. He could have gone a half a step to his right, slid around Luke Roy and been safe. Yeah, he he beat the throw. Extend the hand. Yeah. Yeah, there was there was no reason for him to do this. I honestly think two games in baseball is nothing. He should have gotten more. That's really that's my opinion about this whole yeah. thing. Is that if you're gonna make a if if a guy's gonna miss significant time because of something you did to him that was illegal, you've gotta miss more time. And I have this conversation with my mom a lot because we were at a at a Blazers game one time where Trevor Ariza took out Rudy Fernandez and he missed significant time with a back injury. And we had a lot of discussion where she says, you should have to miss the amount of time that the guy's missing with the injury if you caused it. Huh. And I think that's steep. But at the same time, I don't know. It's maybe closer to at, to what it should be than two yeah. games. Yeah, because you're you're causing this guy to miss time, and it could affect his livelihood. Rudy Fernandez never recovered from that injury. Yeah. He ended up playing maybe a year or two after that in the NBA, but he never was the same. His back, that injury lingered the entire, the rest of the time he was in the NBA. And who knows how long it's going to take Luke Roy to recover from this, because we're going to talk about Francisco Cervelli here in a little bit. He's been on the, the aisle since May with the concussion, yeah. and that was from yeah. foul tips. So I I think that Mar- Marisnik, and I know he, you know, he, he checked on him and everything, that he didn't mean to, jar him hit him that hard ring his bell the way that he did because i saw him check on him and i appreciate that but at the same time that's that can't happen we've got to be beyond that with awareness of concussions long-term effects of concussions and injuries and these guys are this is their livelihood yeah it is you know and i understand you're making 
hundreds of, hundreds of thousands if not millions of dollars to play to play a game but that's still how they're providing for their family and the idea behind all that is they're trying to provide for generations to come as well they're not just trying to provide for their kids and give them private schools and things like that they're trying to make it better for their kids and their kids yeah and yeah. and if you understand that you understand why these guys get so mad or things like that and i don't know i i <laughs> Obviously, I'm pretty worked up about it, yeah. Because I don't think plowing over the catcher in a situation like that, I mean, that's like hitting a defenseless receiver. Because yeah. Luke Roy didn't have the ball yet. That it, it's it's not okay, and we've got to be beyond this in, in today's game. So I like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna step down from my soapbox and let's talk a little bit more about Francisco Cervelli. So uh, Francisco Cervelli is, uh, I think I saw that he's had like six, yeah, six concussions. Yeah, it is. It's... And he's been on the injured list since May 25th, trying to recover from this last one. And as a catcher, I mean, obviously I went on this whole thing about catchers and having been a catcher. I know of one concussion I got in baseball, and that was actually from a hit-by-pitch. Um, but looking back, I'm like, I probably had more. Yeah. I don't know how many more, you know, because I took a lot of foul tips. Uh, There's a couple times that umpires, like, like uh, when I first started catching – one umpire, he's like, son, are you all right? <laughs> yeah, why? He's like, because they call catcher's interference. I thought maybe he hit my glove. But he's like, he just hit you in the head with his bat because as a kid had a really long swing. I was like, oh, I hmm. didn't feel it. He's like, all right. Okay. <laughs> you know? But I feel like this is kind of, this is kind of an important thing uh, mm. that we don't know exactly how many concussions these catchers have had. I mean, this is his sixth concussion that he knows of. Right, you know, exactly. because I I got hit by a pitch, and my my coach was like, "You all right?" And he kind of did the eye the the finger thing, you know, where they where you joke and you separate him. He's like, and my eyes didn't cross or whatever, roll in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Oh, you're fine. Go ahead and get back out there." Jeez. So I went back out to to catch an inning, and I was missing everything. And he goes, he kind of yells out to me. He's like, "Hey, you all right?" It's like, um, there's two baseballs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which one to catch. Um. <laughs> so they had me come out, and I ended up going to see the doctor. But Too bad there weren't three. You just catch the one in the middle. That's what we right? said. They're like, just catch the middle one. I was like, well, there's not yeah. a middle one. There's only two. <laughs> uh, For all of you that don't know, that was a Rocky reference. <laughs> yes. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm with you. I think that Major League Baseball needs to take a closer look at this. I think it's a hot topic. It's been a quiet topic for a really long time. I'm proud mm-hmm. of Cervelli for for bringing it up and owning it and saying, "Look, we got a problem." It's just like any of these other what you might call silent injuries or silent yeah. insidious killers, like like depression or suicidal thoughts or uh, I think you know concussions fit that same category, mm-hmm. right? It's it's so bad. And it, it has to be treated so aggressively and delicately, you know, on the human side, we have to treat it delicately mm-hmm. because it is these guys' livelihood and they are working desperately to stay in games and to perform at their highest peak uh, level of performance. But at the same time, like, so I can't, I got to have more from manufacturers. I got to have more from equipment guy uh, manufacturers who are, who are teaming up maybe with, with what the, the guys producing NFL helmets and are doing because there's more that can be done 
right? And I, as much as it pains me to say this, I think that the guys with the hockey mask style catch, catcher's masks, I think they stand a better chance than the guys with the old iron face mask with the leather padded leather. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I pref- I prefer the padded leather iron face mask, I think that going to a more reinforced helmet would be a great step forward. Um, and so, so I don't I don't know what the answer is, but I want to see more from a manufacturer's uh, whatever you call it. I want to see more from them. Yeah, and and I feel like and I loved loved my old school mask. Um, I liked the weight of it. I liked that it felt. I liked the way that it came apart. It was easier to pull off for me. But yeah. I do feel like those those goalie style masks. Um, they're they are. I do feel like they're better for concussions because I felt like anytime because I had to wear one a couple times just because that was what was available. Um, if I didn't have my gear with me or whatever, um, I feel like if you take a foul tip off that it kind of rattles around in the mask, like the mask kind of rattles around that yeah. you don't feel as much of the impact. Whereas with, if you, if you're taking a foul tip off the other one, everything's so tight on your head, mm-hmm. you know it, you know that it just hit you in the face. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Whereas the other, or as a goalie mask, you mostly just hear it because it mm. absorbs so much more of the impact. So, Interesting. so yeah, I would like to see more from the manufacturers from the companies who make the equipment to see them see what they can do as far as protecting these catchers i think i noticed the, uh just before the all-star break somebody had it looked like a little bit extra padding between their forehead like the the, the top of their mask and their helmet and, it, yeah. and i was like i wonder if that's to help with the impact and help with concussions i don't know if that's what it is or if maybe it was i don't know but uh mm-hmm. it looked like maybe they are headed in the direction of kind of absorbing some of that impact and, and helping Good. catchers in that in that aspect but, uh, but you know, I, I do think it, like you said, it's, it's an important conversation that, that needs to be happening. Um, and even with umpires too, because they're not even wearing a helmet back there. They just have their hat and their mask. And yeah. I, I know of one umpire, I can't think of his name right now, um, who, who's from the Portland, Oregon area. And since my dad lives up there, he listens to a couple of radio shows and, he, and that guy comes on every once in a while. And he actually retired because of concussions. Wow, that he took a foul tip off the off the face mask and he got carted off the field and he said, "This is it, I I I don't need to be doing this anymore." Right. So that's what Cervelli said. He's done. Yeah, and he actually he actually walked that back on uh, Friday. He said oh, okay. that he said that he'll he's going to try to get back into it, but I, I just I don't know if he's going to be catching as much. He's he's kind of worked around the field a little bit in other positions. I think he's going to try to do that a little bit more. Um, mm, good but, for him. But I mean, he's got to get off the IL first. So, yeah, well, so we'll for see sure. how that goes. Well, let's go ahead and take a little bit of a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about robot umpires, and then we're going to get into some predictions for the rest of the season. Boom. Hey, Mike, Catherine, those are some cool t-shirts you guys have. Thanks, man. Yeah, I got it from 9plusus.com. They have tons of great baseball designs. Yeah, I wear my 9plusus clothing all the time. My favorite gym tank says diamonds are everyone's best friend. And my go-to shirt for barbecue says a hot dog at the ballpark is better than steak at the Ritz. Wow, I love that. Right, isn't that so cool? Yeah, I also got this snapback from 9 Plus Us. It's, they're really the greatest stuff. Well, I'm going to have to do some shopping after this batter. What was that site again? So yeah, it's 9plusus.com. So the number 9, right? 9 players on the field plus us. So 9, the number 9, P-L-U-S. 
Shop9plusus.com, apparel for game day and every day. We are back. Thank you for joining us, baseball family. So we went a little bit long in that last segment, so we wanted to take a short break and come back and talk a little bit about some robot umpires. Personally, well, let's get into this first. The Atlantic League, the Independent League, uh, they implemented uh, robot umpires into their All-Star game this last week. What do you what do you think about ro- robot umpires? Do you think it's necessary? Do you think it's good for the game? Um, do you think that do you think we should have robot umpires? Absolutely not. You don't think so? No, no, I don't think so. And I'm not going to apologize for that opinion. <laughs> I don't expect you to. Yeah, I, I, I go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. That's okay. I I just. I have a lot to say about this. Um, first and foremost, it's a human game. And oh, I just think we should keep it that way. I think that that, first of all, that's the basis of my entire argument, but I think it diminishes the fan experience. That's my number one concern because, and I only put it as my number one concern because fan experience is all of baseball's concern, Right. Everything Mm -hmm. that we're talking about when it comes to rule changes and different technology implementation has to do with the fan experience, has to do with the overall product and its delivery. And I think that by implementing robot umpires, you are taking away from that. So yelling at an umpire, as as stupid as it sounds, but that is part (laughs) of the fan experience. I can't tell you how many times I have heard my dad yell come on blue at the TV mm-hmm. at a game at a little league game. It doesn't matter what the stage is, but come on blue is like burned into my memory and it is forever tied to baseball. And it gives all of the fans something to rally around. Right. Even, even if you see the bit, the most bitter rivalries or the tightest games, the fans can all agree or disagree on the umpire, right? There's always that, whether it's consistency or it's inconsistency, it unites the fans. And I'm all about that. So that's my first thing. Um, I do think also that it forces pitchers not just to improve, but to be perfect. And that is bad for baseball. Um, I go back to this being a human game. We don't need forced perfection what we need is perfection that is sought after and strived for and that is something that is possible now but when we get into this electronic umpire situation i think you're forcing guys to be perfect and that brings me to my next point that i feel very strongly about i think it's going to slow the game down and that is another hot button topic (laughs) yeah It's going to slow the game down because what it's going to do is it's going to remove that variable that helps pitchers get strikeouts. It's going to remove the, the question in the batter's mind. And so guys are just going to not swing at low and outside. They're just not because they're going to know that nine times out of 10 low and away is going to be called a ball by a track man or the ABS. They're calling it the automated ball strike system or caller or whatever they're calling it. So, so I think that we're going to end up with more base on balls, 
and that is going to slow the game down, and that's bad for baseball. Um, tell me what you think, and then we will go into what the group thinks. We had a couple of comments. Yeah, so I'm all about robot umpires. <laughs> and I think this, again, goes back to my days as a catcher, having been like, Blue, you called that strike three on me. What's the deal? That's ball three on this guy? You know, I wasn't I wasn't afraid to let let umpires know what I thought. And I was, no, I, I'm all about robot umpires for the number one reason of consistency. It drives me insane to watch a game and see a pitch that's borderline strike three beginning of the game. Hmm. Big spot later in the game, exact, exact same pitch. Same four-seam fastball, same bottom of the zone, middle away, and it's ball four, right? It's like, sure. whoa, hold on, you know, <laughs> that's that's not consistent. That's what makes me crazy, and that's part of what drives me crazy about having the strike zone on the screen is yeah. that we're so much more conscious of it. Is that If we didn't have that, if we didn't have all the, the stat cast and everything going through, and showing us the exact location of every pitch and showing us exactly how many pitches the umpires are missing, you know, missing six six inches off the plate because of a breaking ball or whatever. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'd be so bothered by it, but by seeing the inconsistency and I'll give umpires this major league umpires are very good. Okay. Because I've I've seen some minor league umpires who were very bad. In fact, I I talked, I was talking to a minor league uh, umpire supervisor one time and he's like, I'm here to fire that guy. Because he's so bad. <laughs> yeah. You know. Wow. So, uh, and he, he was, anyways, that's a different story. Um, so I've seen some really bad umpiring, seen some really inconsistent umpiring, and I feel like this, that this is going to help with that. And I, I don't feel like it's going to slow the game down at all. I think it's going to actually speed it up. Hmm. Because there's no arguing balls and strikes anymore. Managers and players aren't going to, they can't get bent out of shape about a call anymore. Because there's no arguing with the location of a pitch. I mean, it might be like, that machine working? You sure? (laughs) Yeah, it's working. Right. All right. Right. You know, like, I feel like that's the most anybody can do. And there are guys who have an incredible command of the strike zone. Guys like, I mean, these are guys from growing up, like Tony Gwynn, Edgar Martinez. And now I'm going to go back to my guy, Daniel Vogelbach, has an incredible Mm. command of the strike zone. Totally. So there might be more walks, but those guys are walking anyway. Like if if there's a pitch off the plate, it's, my dad always said if Edgar doesn't say it's a strike, it's not a strike. Yeah, there's mm. there's certain guys who who are that way, who have that go, that much of a command of the strike zone, and I feel like more guys will get that way because they'll have a better feel for what the zone really is, uh, because it is consistent and it is set. Yeah, there's no walking up there and being like, is he gonna call three inches off the plate, or is he gonna or a pitcher, you know, is he gonna give me the black, you know. Guys like Greg Maddox would thrive, I feel like, yes. with a robot umpire. Maybe. Because maybe because he would hit the corners. He'd hit the corners of the strike zone so precisely, and everything would be a strike. Guys would be like, gosh, you know, I don't know what to do with this guy. That looks like a ball when it's coming in, but it is, it's got to be a strike somehow. So I, yeah. And I feel like it, it could help with offense, too, because guys have, like I said, guys are going to get a better understanding of the strike zone. Guys who think maybe two inches off the, you know, think that the edge of the plate is two inches off the plate. They're going to get a better understanding that that is the edge of the plate. you got to swing at that. It's going to get guys swinging more. 
at, at pitches that they thought were balls all, all along. So I think it's good for the game as far as consistency. I think it's going to help pace the play that there's not going to be nearly as many uh, ejections for arguing balls and strikes because that gets out of control, I feel like. And, it can. It's come down a lot in the last 10, 15 years. Yeah, but. because it's an automatic ejection. But still, guys will just take it anyway. Um, yeah, for sure. But everybody, I, I feel like everybody's going to get a better command for the strike zone with it too. Interesting. So, so, but what do you think about this argument about human element? You'll still get a human element. Um, it won't so much be in the strike zone because I took my son to uh, a Boise Hawks game Friday night. We went to our yeah. first first game. Uh, it was a blast. Um, they are the short season A affiliate of the Colorado Rockies. And the very first batter of the game for the Hillsboro Hops hit a ball down the third baseline. And it was close. I'll be honest with you. It was close. Um, I thought it was fair. The umpire called it fair. But everybody else behind me thought it was foul. We were sitting behind home plate. And um, and the rest of the game, this goes into your heckling the umpire too. Anytime there's a foul ball, like a foul, like anybody hit foul ball backwards, obvious foul ball down the line, this one guy would yell, fair ball! <laughs> <laughs> so there's still the human element as far as fair, foul, whatever, you know. And there is replay for that at the big league level. Yeah, and you can still heckle the umpire because there's going to be something that's going to happen somewhere on the bases or, um, or a ball down the line, something like that. There's still a human element as far as that goes, but I feel like at the plate where guys make their money pitching and hitting, that's uh, that's a, a spot where there's got to be consistency with with robot umpires. Okay, so just so everyone at home knows this electronic umpire robot umpire thing at the plate will not replace the home plate umpire right that guy or gal is going to still be behind the plate making calls and what they will do and what they're doing now is they'll have an earpiece and somebody up in the booth watching TrackMan will relay the call down to the umpire and when they when they piloted it in the uh independent league all-star game this week uh i guess this would be last week now mm-hmm. we we saw that there were a couple times where the system went down or the earpiece didn't work and there were the umpire still had to make those calls. Yeah. Right. And so it's obviously not a perfect system. There's a lot that needs to be tweaked if it's going to ever be used again, not just in the big leagues, but even in the minor leagues and um, that home plate umpire is still going to be there. So just to let people know, they're not going to replace the plate umpire and the umpire is able to override any of the calls made uh by the track man that that they think is worth overriding that that those points were brought to us by denise Cantu. she's part of our vip group mm-hmm. and she's awesome and that's a great point to make denise so thank you for that it is an excellent point and you know the home plate umpire does so much more than just call balls and strikes yeah you know as far as calling fair foul home safe or safe safe out at home everything you know um and depending on the rotation could be the crew chief and now i remember when this conversation first started as far as robot umpires people were saying oh the union will never let it happen because they're going to be taking jobs it's like no it's not going to be taking jobs if anything anything it's going to be creating jobs because hmm. you've got to have i feel like you've got to have an umpire operating that system too uh Interesting. In booth. you know you've got to have a, an umpire running the track man system to that's trained really well on how to read it because i remember when i was with the owls 
I was in the room with the TrackMan system, like I said, and there were times that we had to remind the guy operating it. He's like, so wait, if it's this far off the plate, is it a strike still? Because it's it's calibrated for the middle of the plate. And so we were, you <laughs> right. know, he's like, so wait, if it's if it's this far off the plate, is it still a strike? We're like, no, no. And I don't remember what it is, but um, we're like, no, if it's this, it's a strike. This is a ball, you know, things like that. So right. like there was one time he's like, oh my gosh, that was 20 inches off the plate. I was like, that wasn't 20 inches away from the catcher. <laughs> like, that wasn't no, 20 right. inches off the plate. <laughs> so. <laughs> so in the VIP group, Vaughn slowly uh says that if you can't trust human eyes, right, then what's, what makes you think you're going to feel comfortable with artificial intelligence doing the umpiring? And it takes away, his point is that it takes away the originality and the actual human error from the game. And and then he, he makes a couple other comments, which basically equate to a Pandora's box situation. Like if we let technology into this part of baseball, where will it stop and how much more technology are we going to let in? And where, you know, what, what would that do to change the game? Because it, it goes mm-hmm. beyond this, this issue goes beyond robot umpires. It goes beyond track man calling balls and strikes down and relaying that message down to the umpires, because this is a gateway opportunity for more tech to come in and meddle with baseball. What do, what do you think of that? And see, I feel like that box is open with replay and other things as far as scouting because there was some team, I can't remember who it was, but actually got in trouble for using a rangefinder, like a golf course mm. rangefinder, mm. for getting their outfielders at the proper depth. So they were basically Weird. shooting a laser out to the outfield and saying, all right, two more, you know, like having somebody wave them, wave them, right, 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 perfect. You know, and then mm. go to the center fielder, right, 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 perfect. You know, using a rangefinder to to get outfielders in the in the perfect position for each player and now since they can't use that you see guys pull out their their scouting reports out of their pocket yeah uh, if, if you notice that with outfielders they'll do that a lot oh yeah because there's a whole lot of movement in the outfield too it's not just shifts in the infield there's a lot of movement in the outfield these days Tons, um, yeah and i don't yeah i feel like that box is already opened with replay and i don't i don't know where else necessarily necessarily they can implement it um, because you still got to have people play the game, you know, like, and like I said, I've had umpires who I didn't trust their eyes, I've had umpires that didn't know how to call a curveball. And at the major league level, they're going to know how to call a curveball. They're going to know how to track a fastball coming in at a hundred miles an hour into the strike zone. But the eyes can deceive you. Hmm. And we've we've watched fastball. I encourage everybody to watch fastball on Amazon Prime. We're going to talk about it one of these times. We we keep dropping hints about yeah. it, but we're going we're going to talk about it one of these times because it's an excellent documentary. But that talks a lot about how the how fastballs even are deceiving to the eye. So, of course. So I I, nece- I don't necessarily trust an umpire's eye every single time, and I feel like having TrackMan and StatCast available to us proves that. Yeah. Now, of all the people in the group that have argued this point, of which there are three or four, mm-hmm. um, Nick Lorenzo sides a close as close to my opinion as possible. He says, uh, this is Nick Lorenzo, he says, I personally think it takes away from the game. An inconsistent strike zone make, makes a better player. Um, so you have an umpire with a tight zone, and you step up your game and improve your accuracy. So same goes for the hitters as well. 
you won't get your pitch every time. So take away the low and a, the low and away and the high inside pitches. And so why go for a low and away pitch if AI is going to call a ball, right? And that's that's exactly mm-hmm. what I said earlier. And Nick, yeah. Nick and I agree. And I feel bad that you're the only one arguing for a home plate umpire here, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> but you are. You're. It's interesting that we have this large group of people and those who have chosen to comment uh, disagree with this op this idea. Right? Oh yeah, I, that... I feel like the conversation started when I just said yes, please. Yes, you did to the article. <laughs> it started this whole thing, but it did. But no, but, and, but... and I do feel like it. it, it comes from my experience behind the plate and seeing inconsistency with umpires and and also seeing inconsistency with umpires with like i said stat cast that yeah you you do need to be better as far as being being able to hit pitches outside of the zone whatever um with an inconsistent zone but you might not get the same call as a guy who got the got a different call two innings earlier and that's what i don't like yeah, is that it? Right. Something was called a ball earlier. It needs to be called a ball later yes. in the game. It can't be called. A strike. I agree. And that happens, and I don't like that. Not there's not a fan in the world that would disagree with you there. And yeah, and but, that, that that's what I want. I want consistency my, on that. On okay, that but my question for you is: Does there need like? Do you think that your opinion represents most of baseball fans, or do you think that that most baseball fans don't want an electronic umpire? I, I think most baseball fans don't want an electric umpire because they do like the human element. Um, I think I represent a small pocket of people who do want it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of players want it. A lot of the, the great hitters want it because they're sick and tired of an in, inconsistent strike zone because there's nothing more frustrating than going up there and having a, a ball six inches off the plate called as a strike. And you're like, I, had, I would have to throw my bat at that. I can't reach that yeah. ball. Right. Uh, there's nothing more frustrating than that, especially if you've been hitting well and you've been seeing the ball and the strike zone well. You yes. know, to have somebody come out and tell you that what you thought was a ball was a strike, you're like, I know for a fact that wasn't a strike. Right. Like That's irritating, and I can see players getting really irritated and wanting, wanting robot umpires in that respect, and I can see fans wanting a robot umpire in that respect. But I also I do see the other side of the fence here. As far as loving the human element, I'm just, I just feel like we're at a, at a point where we, uh, we can expect more. We have more available, so we can expect more from these umpires. All right, well, let's take another short break and we will come back and talk about some predictions for the second half of the season. Hey, babe, I'm headed to concession. Do you want me to grab you something? Yeah, anything, whatever you're getting. Okay, I saw a burger. I'll probably grab that. No, that doesn't sound good. Okay, I think there's barbecue, probably some nachos. Uh, I don't think I want either of those either. Um, but just get me anything. What do you want? Uh, I saw a hot dog earlier. Okay, I can do that. Well, no. Couples may quarrel, but baseball is for lovers. Shop the Lovers Collection at NightPlusUp.com. Welcome back, baseball family. We are going to get into some ridiculous, ridiculousness right now. <laughs> Here's we the are. Deal. It's true. Here's the deal. It is time, now that we have begun the second half of the season, 
it is time for the beloved tradition of making predictions. And that mean nothing. That mean nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and we are going to freely admit that we are not omniscient. We have no idea what is going to happen. And uh, we'll also admit to a little bit of homerism and the fact that uh, what we want to have happen might just take priority over what we think will happen. So, okay, let's let's just take the let's do the easy one. Okay, let's talk about the American League. Uh huh. Yeah. And uh, who do you think's got the AL West? That one. That's the easiest of them all. I mean, Houston is so far above everybody else that I don't think there's that's even close. Agreed. Shall we move on? Let's move on. <laughs> Continue, sir. <laughs> How about the Central? <laughs> the Central. So I was looking at this, and honestly, I wasn't real sure about this one. Okay. Okay. Um, just because I talk about all the time how home runs aren't necessarily sustainable. But yeah. you can win a division with home runs, especially sure. with the rate the Twins are winning them. Yep. Twins are going to take the Central. Even with Kluber on his way back, potentially. Even with Kluber potentially on his way back. Correct. Okay. Because the Twins, they hit so many home runs, and it's top to bottom. It's not like it's two guys hitting all those home runs. Yeah. It's everybody. Well, and let's not forget that they have a slightly better win percentage as of right now than Houston does as well. Yes, they do. Obviously, you have to take that into consideration with who they're playing, whom, whatever. (laughs) the other teams they're facing (laughs) and so i agree with you i think the twins are definitely going to take the al central but i do think it will be a tighter game than we think between the twins and the indians yeah it's going to be a race the twin the the twins have six and a half games on the indians right now yeah um, as of this is friday or uh, saturday afternoon yeah the 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 twins have six and a half games that's going to close and it's it's going to be a race yep i definitely think it's going to be a race but I think the Twins will pull it out for sure. Yes, I agree. Uh, AL East, Brad. Who you got in the AL East? Yankees. I've been saying it for weeks. The Yankees are—they're just—they're so good. Yeah, they're so dang good. There's there's no beating those guys. I agree. I mean, obviously um, you can beat them, but yeah, in the long run, you're not going to. They lost to the Rays today, two to one. And it was a bit sloppy defense is what happened. Anyway, that's beside the point. What what I want to know is, oh, well, we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. We'll Tell me about your National League. Let's start in the West again. All right, my National League, um, Dodgers. Yeah. They're, yeah, there's nobody that can compete with the Dodgers over there. Twelve and a half games up. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much over. I mean, it, with it, the D-backs could come back and give them a run. Yeah, uh, the D-backs have been playing well. Uh, lately, yeah. Um, I mean, they've won four in a row, but I don't, I don't see them making enough of a run to be able to catch the Dodgers because they're just so good. Dodgers are just yeah. so good. They are amazingly so, good. Yes, it's terrifying, actually. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's bounce around this one really quick and go to the East because I think the Central is more interesting. So, who do you think's got it in the East? I think the Braves have the East. Uh, they're an incredibly talented team. They are young, so they might kind of run out of gas there at the end. The Nats have done a good job staying consistent. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Nats did something and overtook them late in the season, like mid-September, because Mm -hmm. right now, I mean, right now they're still six games back, but there's a whole lot of baseball to be played. Um, Oh, a ton. 
I I really wouldn't be surprised though if the Nats caught up and it snuck by them um, in September. But I'm gonna take the Braves. Yeah. See, I th- I feel exactly the same way. I would I'm not gonna disagree with you at all. You've just said everything I think. <laughs> Get out of my head. <laughs> I think head. everybody else. I think everybody else is in trouble <laughs> over there. It's pretty much a done deal for Miami. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so then let's take the Central, which I think is the most the, – the NL Central is the most interesting baseball on the planet right now mm-hmm. um, because the Cubs are in first place. They're a game and a half up, again, Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. The Brewers are in second place. Then you got the Cards that are only three games back, three and a half in fourth place with Pittsburgh, and then Cincinnati's only five and a half games back. Yeah, which is crazy because they're six games under five hundred. I know. I know. So is this a question of <laughs> is this a question of who's the best of the worst? I hate to say that, but if you look around the league at win percentage and you just take right we're sight test guys. So mm-hmm. I want to watch and evaluate yeah. visually. But the Dodgers are playing six forty five at six forty five. The Braves are at five ninety eight and the Cubs in first place are at five twenty seven. Yeah. I mean that's a huge jump to go from 645 in LA to Chicago's 527. Well, the Cubs would be in third place in the East. Yeah. So, I mean, that that says something right there that if you're going to make the playoffs in the Central, you have to win that division. And I do feel like there is something to be said for everybody feeling like they're in that race. Um, yep. I'm going to take the Cubs in it because of experience mostly on yeah. that roster. Um I mean, those those guys, they've all been there. And I know the Brewers were in the NLCS last year. Um, but I I like I like the Cubs there to take that to take that race. Um, yeah. Just like I said, because they have the experience. They have the the manage the managerial brains top to bottom, I guess. If they need to make it, if they need to make a move at the trade deadline, Epstein's going to make one. He's going to totally. fill in. A, he's going to fill in a hole somewhere. And. And Madden's going to figure out how to make them fit. So I think yeah. they are so well run that they're, they have a plan to separate themselves from the pack later in the season. Yeah. I, I would like to see the Cubs take the, the NL central. I, that's what I want mm-hmm. uh, deep down because I want to see a Yankees Cubs or a Yankees Dodgers fall classic. They, they, that's what I want in my heart. Yeah. yeah. But I think the Brewers stand a better than excellent chance of taking the NL Central. I think they're hungry. I think they're angry. I think they're just really well managed, Mm -hmm. really well. And I think the way that the owners have set them up, they don't make as many moves as everybody else, and they're really steady. So I think that the Brewers are going to take the Central. Oh, I don't I'm, want them to. I wouldn't I think be surprised are. though. I, I that wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. I think that is a great, great team, and I think they have like, dare I say, the best outfield in the major yeah. leagues. Could be. Um, yeah, with Braun, Kane, and Yelich, and then my guy, I love Ben Gamble. He's their fourth oh, outfielder. Yeah. Uh, he's an Man's underrated awesome. player in my opinion, but he's their fourth outfielder, and with those guys out there. I don't feel like there's anything that can fall on the ground out there. That's so much speed. Right. Yeah. It's the speed is the key. So we talk in baseball, we talk a lot about being due, right? You're due up, you go in a slump or whatever. And I feel like that's where the brewers are sitting right now. I think they're due. I just, 
That's where I, that's how I feel. So I'm not going to say this is my crew, but <laughs> I think this year, <laughs> I think this year they, they're going to take it. Yeah. So, okay, let's, let's stay in the national league right now and talk about wild card races. Okay. So right now in the wild card for the national league, we've got the, the nationals, the Washington nationals are a game and a half up. And then we've got the brewers are a half a game back. The diamondbacks are a half a game back. The Phillies are even. Yeah, the Phillies have that second spot right now. They've got the second spot right now. And then the Rockies are only a game and a half back as well. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty testy. The Padres are two games back. Watch out for the Padres. I'm. You've been saying that. <laughs> you've been saying that for like two or three weeks now, and I think you're right. <laughs> they could make it interesting. Yeah. That's the, see, the National League is so fun right now. So, okay, who do you have taking who do you have winning the wild card slot in the National League? Okay. So, I have the Diamondbacks cuz they're going to they're they're going to try to catch the the Dodgers. There's no way they yeah. don't try to catch the Dodgers. Sure. And then um I'd like to have the Brewers, but because they're in that bad division, I don't think they're going to they're going to be able to. I don't think they're going to be it's either win the division or or don't make the playoffs. Cuz I don't yeah, I don't wow. think they're going to have the record to to be able to get in uh in the wild card. And you know, initially I'm going to have to to run back everything I said about the Nats because I forgot why I did not have them in the in the wild card cuz I had the Phillies and the D-backs. And now I remember why I didn't have the Nats in the wild card. They have a tough schedule coming up. Yeah, they have to play the Braves a lot. They have to play the Dodgers oh. a few times. They've got they've got some tough games coming up, and I, I mean, they can win them. More power to them, but I don't know. I don't know if they will. I don't know. It's going to be hard. Yeah, I, I mean, especially mid to late August, they're they're kind of running a gauntlet there, and it can it can get difficult that time of season to win those tough games. Yeah. So, so I've got the I've got uh, I've got the Phillies and D backs the national league wild card and who takes it though oh who takes the wild card game yeah yeah who wins the wild card game uh one game i take the phillies okay yeah i i think part of that is i think bryce harper is working his way out of his early season slump sure um his batting average has gone up every month this season i think i saw it slugging no not as well having his having his picture up all over cleveland didn't hurt (laughs) Yeah, well, I think I think it took Probably. some pressure off though, not making the All Star game. Yeah, uh, he, I think you're right. <laughs> you know, he, he went in there with all these expectations, and I think it was like, okay, I'm not an All Star this season. Just go out there and play my game. And and he he's done well the last two three weeks. I think he's I thought he's yeah. batting the last two weeks like two uh, yeah like four or something. So yeah, it's been two, he's got two more good weeks. He's got more hits than strikeouts the last two weeks, so I think he's on his way out of it, and that's going to be a big step in the right direction for the Phillies to really start doing mm-hmm. things. So, mm-hmm. okay. So, who do you have in the National League wild card? I I'm giving it to the D-backs. Yeah. Who's the other team you have yeah, going to that? The that Phillies. Game? Same. Yeah. Same Phillies. Because I think in the Central they're just going to get beat down. Right, I think yeah. like like you said, if you don't win the division in the NL Central, you're just going to be beaten and bloody, and it won't matter. Yep. So I give it. I I say Phillies D backs, and I'm giving it to the D backs. Yeah. Right. I don't have a justification. I just want them to win. 
<laughs> well, I'm sitting here right next to my D-backs hat, so I should say it D-backs, but I think I'll... <laughs> it's just I'd... a blind prediction. <laughs> it is, it's true. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't mean anything. Doesn't. No, it's fun, though. It is fun. It's a whole lot of fun. All right. So, okay, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say AL wildcard. Who do you have going yeah. to the wildcard game with the two wildcard teams? Right, right. I, You know, I don't really know. I think that's not an answer. I don't I don't know. I think it's definitely if it could be Tampa Bay and Boston, it that was that's how it would go. Yeah. It could. If it, if that was possible, that's how I'd say it goes. Yeah, that is possible. Um, yeah, I know, and that's that's why I'm saying like in a in my world, that's what happens. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I have Boston. And and then Boston wins. Yeah. And they play in the in the NL, or ALCS or DS. Oh my yeah, gosh. ALDS. Yeah. Yeah, so I have Boston and Cleveland. Oh, nice. Yeah, I think the Rays are going to going to fall back a little bit. The Red Sox are going to they're going to go on a surge cuz yep. I I mean I I just feel like they're too good to be this bad. And I say this bad, they're 9 games over 500. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just feels like they've been atrocious. Yeah. <laughs> It's true, and they're not. And the Rays are—they're only seven games back, and they are killing it right now. They beat, like mm-hmm. I said, they beat the Yankees today. Yep. So, ugh, the I love the East, though. I think the AL East is where it's at. That's going to be the race to watch. Like that the dominant. AL East, the AL East, and the NL Central are going to be fun races to watch. And granted, the Yankees are kind of running away with it. But as far as the wild card, pay attention to the AL East, I feel like. Yep. That's the place you're going to want to watch with the AL wild card. Yep. I totally. And then you have Boston winning or Cleveland? I have Boston winning. Me too. Okay. Yeah, Boston beating Cleveland. Yeah, buddy. So we have our division wild card races. Before we get on to the World Series, last year in the second half, Christian Yelich went on a tear. It was un- unbelievable. I mean, I want to say he almost hit 500 for the second half of the season, won the MVP. Right. He definitely deserved it. He's carried into this season playing incredibly well. Do you see anybody breaking out like Yelich did, uh, surprising us? Who would you like to see surprise us like that? Do you have anybody like that? Mm. Wow, that is a great question. I had not considered that. <laughs> I, you know, a lot of the guys that I want to see break out have been hurt. Yeah. So that makes that really hard. Oh, and it doesn't have to necessarily, I don't feel like it has to be a Yelich breakout because I feel like we, anybody who watched him in the baseball, in the World Baseball Classic a couple years ago knew he was good. Yeah. But we didn't necessarily know he was this good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe it might be a comeback player. Like Judge might come come out of an injury in the second half, right? And just shred the league, you know. Because personally, I like I said, I feel like Bryce Harper's busting out of the slump. I think he's mm-hmm. going to have an amazing second half. I really do. Yeah. Like, yeah, it it's just going to be. I don't want to say out of this world, but he's going to play great in the second half. Is mm-hmm. is my hunch with the way that I've seen him go lately. Okay, I have an answer for you now. Okay. I can't believe I'm going to say this. Uh-oh. Um, I, okay. Wow, savvy. 
I I want to see. Okay, I want to see Clint Frazier get traded from the Yankees to another contender team. I don't care who it is. And I want the pressure of playing in New York to not hinder him anymore. Not that it has, just uh-huh. that it's a lighter pressure everywhere else. Yeah. So I want to see him get traded to another team that's contending. And then I want to see that pressure shift for him, and I want him to just kill it. That's what I would love. That would just make my heart happy. Yeah, there you go. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah, and that, I yeah, I totally, I totally get that. That yeah, it is. It's it's a different kind of pressure playing in New York because you hear guys say all the time, it's different winning oh, in New York. Totally, right? it, it beat Sonny Gray into the ground. Yeah, yeah, it did. He was dominant in in Oakland, and then he came to New York, and it was just a shell, nothing, man. Shell it was like himself. smoke bombs. Yeah. Yeah, I was so, I, I seen on Twitter last year there were people like Red Sox fans are like, should we send flowers to Sonny Gray thanking him for letting us win, go to the World Series? Seriously, <laughs> well, and my very favorite Tyler Clifford before him. Yeah, oh, we don't talk about. That's the only time I'll utter his name. He who must not be named. Pejorative terms in my home, <laughs> and it's too bad because he's you know former All Star. Yeah, and. He's doing fine now, but man, jeez, 2016 and, was so hard. And I think that's another pod that we can, I think that's another subject that we can go over on another day entirely because you've got guys like Zach Granke who's admitted that he gets yeah. nervous in the playoffs. Totally. And I think it's a, I think it's big of him to admit that. I agree. Another guy, though, that got, it's, so this would be my number two, um, and only because I'm paying more attention to him now is Pete Alonzo in on the Mets team. Yeah, I know the Mets are really struggling this year, and it just it's so is many too ways. bad. But it is an incubation chamber almost for guys like Pete Alonzo, mm-hmm. and he is just maturing without any of this stress and any of the pressure of being on a contender team. And I would love to see him crank it up. Um. Yeah, man, that dude is for real. The Mets are one of those teams that's been that have been so bad and so dysfunctional for so long that I almost feel bad for them and I want them to be good. But at the same time, yeah. the Mariners have been that way for so long. I'm like, but not until after the Mariners are good. <laughs> they've been to the World Series. The Mariners yeah. have never been to the World Series. <laughs> that's true. That's another podcast episode, by the way. Yes, it is. Yeah. All right. Uh, we talk about the World Series a lot about teams mm-hmm. we think are going to be in it. Lock in your prediction right now. Who do you think is going to be in the World Series? Uh, Yankees. Mm. Like I said a minute ago, I am I want the Braves or the Dodgers. I don't care who it is. Mm-hmm. But I, okay, I think I want the Braves more than I want the Dodgers. But I think it's going to be L.A. Mm-hmm. And... That'll be magical because it'll be the first time they've seen each other in the Fall Classic since 1981. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it had been that long. I guess it makes sense, though. It is stupendous. (laughs) Just the thought of it should make you chill and tingle all over with glee. (laughs) I I can't wait. I think that's what will happen. I think that baseball needs that. Yeah. Um, And, and man... 
it's going to be amazing if that happens. But, you know, I want the Braves to win and go to the World Series because I live in Braves country. Right. And I would just die to be mocked constantly by my neighbors <laughs> and to throw it in their faces. And so it would just be so much fun because that you can't beat that kind of rivalry climate. Yeah, that's true. So, Absolutely. But I think it'll be L.A. and New York. What do you think? I think L.A. and New York, and I think that that would be good for baseball just because of the East Coast, West Coast thing. Yeah. And, you know, there might be the whole Middle America thing that's might be a little alienated by it, but the Yankees are a nation, have a nationwide fan base. Oh, yeah. So does so, L.A. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like those are the two big brands that could do East Coast, West Coast and do well. Like if it was the Mets and the Angels, I don't think it would do as well. But since it's the yeah. Yankees and the Dodgers, something about those names, those those brands, I think will do so well in a World Series that it would just be off the charts, and that would be electric. That would be such a fun series to watch. Oh, man, it really would be. And it would be fun because the Yankees, like I said, I think last week, the Yankees haven't been to a, haven't made a World Series appearance this decade yet, and it would be the first time, if they don't, it'll be the first time ever that they've not made a World Series appearance every decade. Wow. So there's that. And then on top of that, these guys on the Yankees team right now, there are very few that – is Chapman the only one who knows what it's like to be in a World Series? Um, uh, CeCe, right? He's still on the roster. Oh, C yeah, CeCe. Okay. And then some of these new trade guys I don't know about, like Encarnacion. I don't know if he's got any World Series experience. Uh, Cleveland, but oh, that's right, Cleveland. Yep. Okay, so but that see, we're trying really hard to figure this out. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, when you go talk about L.A., it's like, well, everybody, yes, because <laughs> they've been there the last two years. They all know what's going on. They all know how to handle it. They mm -hmm. all have the maturation done, over with. Yep. So there's no yips there. That's none. Right. And I think that that'll be interesting with these baby bombers up against a, a really super tight seasoned Dodgers team. Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. That would be the perfect series and the perfect yeah. series to watch. Yep. Let's pray for it every night. Every, every single night. <laughs> <laughs> we apologize, but this section has been cut for time and content. You may be able to catch this at a later date, in what we're going to call our grab bag episode. And now back to the show. Yeah, baseball family, and after another burst of unbecoming laughter, we, <laughs> we're back with you. And, and I just want to remind you to jump on shop.9plusus.com. That's shop the number 9 and then plus, like P-L-U-S-U-S.com. And don't forget to pick yourself up some awesome baseball t-shirt designs. We have a couple of hats in there that you're really going to love. Yeah, that's and right. And don't forget that it all goes to support a great cause where we help uh, get uh, underprivileged children uh, baseball equipment so that they can play the game we all love. That's right. And don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, review, whatever you can do to help support the, po the podcast so we can keep bringing this to you every week. And thanks again for joining us, baseball family. We will catch you next time.